Thanks for downloading episode 80 of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. All opinions expressed to those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. I wouldn't worry about Kieran getting goals. Um, again, with him being such a young lad, he'll obviously be a little bit more inconsistent than, than other strikers potentially. But yeah, he, he's got the quality and um, he, I'm back into score today, actually. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe Welcome FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Uh, Josh Martin down that right hand side, but uh, Delaney read it, but then his clearance not great. It's back at the feet of Devante Cole on the edge of the area. Ball out to the right-hand side, crossed in. It might fall for Cannon at the back post. Great left-footed volley. And Connor Ripley, low down, equal to it, blocks it with his legs behind for a corner. Throwing taken, flicked on. It's over the bar from Cole Stockton. Decent half chance, and he's skied it. Phillips gets the ball in towards Josh Benson, 25 yards out. Devante Cole might take the shot there. Oh, it's not, not far wide either. Josh Martin with a snapshot from the edge of the area. Ripley rooted to the spot and it's just the right side of the post from Wookham. You know, it was Kieran Phillips against about four or five red shirts, wasn't it? So it's going to be uh, easy to get the ball away. Yeah. Cooney's going to do one of his uh, medium-range missiles towards the edge of the Barnsley penalty area and it comes now, flicked forward by Rawson. It might fall all the way to yeah. Kieran Phillips and he puts the ball in the back of the net. He gobbled that one up at the back post. Long throw from Ryan Cooney, flicked on by Farron Rawson. Barnsley don't clear their lines, and like all good poachers, centre forwards, there was Kieran Phillips four yards out to roll it into the far corner to make it more than one. Barnsley nil. Well, I said I fancied him to score today, and they're the ones. I said he'd get a difficult chance, but he got a nice easy one, which is good to see. Yeah, it's a, a, again basic. They, these are the opportunities now, so set pieces, throw-ins, whatever they are. They're probably our most likely route to goal, and again, the, as you said, Cooney's medium throw just wasn't dealt with by Barnsley. Bounced in the box, bounced again in the box, little ricochet, and then a simplistic tap in from Kieran Phillips, who again, I would say, probably looks the brightest. He had a little little bit of a press and almost get an opportunity just before that, and again, he's the most likely to score for us. He's going to fall for Martin on the edge of the box, he's tackled out of it, whipped away by Weir, and here comes Liam Shaw, we need some runners coming left and right, Ryan Cooney was the furthest forward there as uh, Liam Shaw tries to assess his options, all done really well there on the right hand side, gets the crossing, can Cooney keep it alive at the back post, he could but he couldn't keep it down, Kane, not quite got the angle for the cross, plays into Kitchen, 20 yards out, Josh Benson's been urged to shoot and shoot, he does as well and that was then heading for the top corner and Connor Ripley scrambling across his goal, tips it over, tips it over the bar. We are in the fifth minute of the four added on at the end of this game. As Morecambe look for their first home League One victory of the season, they are leading Barnsley by one goal to nil. But the Tykes have one last chance to get the ball into the box from this free kick. Whipped in by the right boot of Benson, it's too high, it's far too long, it's a goal kick and you would think that it's going to be that as the referee puts the whistle to his lips and the Shrimps have finally got their first home League One victory of the season. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimps Verdict on Beyond Radio. It was Kieran Phillips with the only goal of the game six minutes before half-time. A long throw from Ryan Cooney. 
flicked forward by Farron Rawson and as Barnsley didn't clear their lines it was Kieran Phillips who tapped it in at the back post for what proves to be the winning goal and Neil Wainwright alongside me what is that going to do for the shrimp season? It's big, it's, yeah, it's really big and then you go into Tuesday night's game now uh, all of a sudden with three points behind you and again it's, uh, it's a really positive performance for me from start to finish yes we didn't create loads and loads of chances but Barnsley can't have any complaints at losing the game because they didn't do enough to get back into it we finally got that off our back it was haunting us it was wasn't it you go week after week you don't win at home and the longer as we spoke in pre-match I suppose the longer it goes on the harder it is to break that cycle but we've finally broken it yeah and that again it's it's I think we mentioned it pre-kick-off, didn't we, about, or even at half-time, I think we mentioned it. Um, it's learning from experiences, so learning from that Ipswich game where we did really well first half and going 1-0 at half-time to then make sure this time we see out the results. And, yeah, I think we managed the game really, really well. The changes were really, really effective by the manager. Um, and, again, the fans are happy. As we, again, as we mentioned before the game, the lads put a shift in, the fans are happy. Just so happens, they put a shift in today and we've got the three points. Kieran Phillips missed a hatful of chances against Harrogate, didn't he, on Tuesday night. But he was there when it mattered. He was there when it mattered this afternoon to score that winning goal. And that's yeah. what all good strikers do. He was, yeah. And again, we had, I, I certainly had confidence in him before the game. Certainly had confidence in it and uh, he, he put away his chance it's an easy chance for him but those are the ones you've got to put away and it's won us again a clean sheet as well only the second win of the season but it and it's not going to get us out of the bottom four but it, it keeps that it keeps us in touch doesn't it and going into a huge week now as we've alluded to the Cheltenham game the Wickham game away from home in the next seven days we've got to now be full of confidence yeah and they're the types of performances you want so nice and solid out of possession um, getting the goal we needed Yes, if we'd be hypercritical, we'd like to create more chances, but we've won the game 1-0, we've worked hard as a team, we've been solid as, a, as an 11, and uh, we've beat a good side. I don't think they were great on the day, I think um, they'll, they'll play a lot better than that um, in, in games coming up, but again, you could also argue that's, that, that we've made it that way, that we've, that we've played in a way that's, that's stifled them, and, and they've not been able to, to play any sort of free-flowing football, and their only chances and opportunities came from set-pieces. And from, and from distance as well, just that one volley in the first half, which was well saved by Connor Ripley. But as a player, psychologically, Neil, finally, what does that do for your mindset as a, as a pro when you finally do something like this? Oh, it's massive. The, the dressing room will be absolutely bouncing in there. And again, it's, it, it, it's, I think it's fantastic that there's a game on Tuesday because you can go from this straight into the next one. Whatever the result on a Saturday, it, it's so much better if you've got a game sort of three, four days later. If you've had a nightmare on a Saturday, you want to pull that right on the Tuesday. If you've got a great result on a Saturday, then you want to build that momentum and take it into the next game. And, and again, if we, if we get another good result on, on Tuesday, all of a sudden, there's a bit of momentum, momentum. there and we start a bit of a run. Yeah. Neil, thanks very much indeed for your company on Shrimps Live this afternoon. We love having you on. Uh, thank you for covering for Matt Smith. Um, hopefully we're going to get you back on, on CoComs really, really soon. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on board for today's game and the Ipswich games also. Thank you so much indeed. Thanks for having me and uh, just give us a shout any time. Yeah, it was. We're obviously coming into the game, playing against a team that started the, the game in sixth position. And, um, you know, I think today that uh, we deserved the three points. We played, you know, very well. Uh, we competed well, which we had to because we were coming up against strong opposition just joining from the, the championship 
uh, we stopped them uh, playing uh, and we obviously had you know opportunities in the game as well but Kieran Phillips again great for him to get a goal uh, he's done ever so well for us he runs behind he, he walks ever so hard and um, it was from a long throw in, you know from Ryan Cooney who was back in the team today who did ever so well uh, we got a flick on and uh, he was able to uh, get it in the back of the net it was uh, it was one of those goals that came from the long throwings that they, they couldn't really compete with in the first half could they no, I mean, I think in this league it's, it's very difficult to deal with a long throw if you get the first touch on it and uh, we've been working at it and it's important because uh, not maybe not last season, the season before when we got uh, promoted, uh, we used it quite a bit because it's not the first touch you get on, it's the second touch and the amount of times that uh, we actually created openings for it uh, was very impressive. Rather going short and losing the ball, uh, we've gone long and uh, got into the box. Second half, like the Ipswich game, we knew they would come at you, but you coped so well this time. Yeah, I mean, I thought that you know the back three, back five, midfield uh, competed ever so well. We closed down space, and we got a, a foot in front, and uh, you know later on in the game, you know we had a number of players getting in behind as well. Uh, I think Dylan knows how to play the offside trap, but anyway, uh, from from that point of view, you know he came on, he gave us energy. So did uh, Adam Mayer. The two up top uh, were there to start with and we were able to change it about. I thought uh, Fane in the middle of the park was, was immense from breaking things down, uh, harassing players as well. Uh, and, you know, that all added to the performance. We mentioned Ryan Cooney. He got the man of the match today and uh, he really did impress. Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, Ryan is uh, a player that uh, can beat. Uh, he's obviously had a, a difficulty to start the season you know his fitness levels weren't the best and he's got himself uh, fitter as the game's gone on and uh, now he's at a level where he should be you know pushing for a first team start a second win of the season how important was that i know it's a stupid question but how important was it it's the same as the rest you know we've got a long way to go in this season and um, every win that you get in this league uh, is important and uh, we've been probably unfortunate in some games not to have had more wins than we've had we've moved up the table, we've closed the gap between the teams above us. It's extremely tight. You see the ones that are coming down towards us as well. So, uh, you know, that's a pleasing aspect of the victory. But to beat, you know, a team like Barnsley at home uh, was was really good for us. You mentioned at home there, first home win of the season. And again, I thought the fans were fantastic. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be, you know, they see the effort that uh, the players are putting in. And uh, if you uh, are a supporter that's the first thing you expect uh, the second thing is you expect goals we've got a goal today and probably the third thing you expect is a clean sheet and uh, we've done all three today And uh, but the effort to the final whistle uh, the players were helped with the supporters uh, and the running power uh, when we made the changes as well On to Tuesday now and Cheltenham away and two tough away games coming out Cheltenham and Wickham yeah, I mean, as I keep on saying, uh, there's no easy games in this division. It doesn't matter who you play, teams at the bottom of the table, middle or top. And, uh, you know, we've got to, to go to Cheltenham, then we go to Wickham, and uh, then we've got Derby, then we've got a small matter of Sheffield Wednesday. So um, if you're a Morecambe supporter many years ago, you'd have been delighted just to play some of these teams once in your lifetime. But, you know, Sheffield Wednesday, we're playing twice away from home this year. Uh, it's something that we're doing and we're happy to and we're looking to compete. Looking at the table, MK Don's bottom, and that just shows the strength of League One this year. Yeah, it's extremely tight and uh, it's extremely hard. Uh, you know, you see 
the results coming in uh, week on week and you see the teams that uh, are coming down towards us and it's just small margins at times that uh, are enabling you to get victories. There is quality, you know, throughout the, the, the League One, you can see that and, uh, you know, we're having to, to be very competitive. Derek, fantastic three points, thank you. Thank you. You saw the team captain out of the side today. Derek, was that tactical or has he got a knock? What, what's the news there? Yeah, it was just tactical. Um, and obviously Ryan Cooney did more than enough coming in. Um, he spoke about his fitness and, and everything, but he did exactly what you wanted him to do. Yeah, of course. And, uh, you know, I signed obviously Ryan Cooney for this football club from uh, Burnley and Lowen. And, uh, you know, I know of his qualities, but um, he's really got up to the level. He's deserved that opportunity and uh, he's taken it today. Kieran Phillips had a, a hard game against Harrogate, getting into those positions, missing those chances. But I think, as you said, in pre-match, it wasn't, wasn't about missing the chances. It's about getting the opportunity in the first place. And he really came back today. Yeah, I mean, he is one that um, you see that gets into really good positions game on game. And he was unfortunate not to score four the other night against Harrogate. Today, he's got that goal been an important goal for us. And uh, he's got us three points in the league campaign. And, you know, he's worked great. Uh, his willingness... Uh, to run and, and also uh, his goals are helping us and final one for me Derek with the other results today Burton Albion losing um, a win against uh, Cheltenham we needed that victory to stay in the pack and stay in contention yeah I mean I think that um, it's getting really tight uh, the league and uh, you know there's five points to just uh, I think it's maybe 16th place now so it's extremely tight and uh, you know you see the teams that had good starts to the season coming towards us now Absolute final one for me, Derek. Simon Farnworth's last game as a physio today, and what a way for him to go out. Yeah, delighted, you know, for him, you know, to have a victory in his last game as he was a goalkeeper. Um, he's been able to, to watch a clean sheet and uh, a terrific servant for the football club for so many years. He's seen so many different uh, aspects to the football club and um, he's seen it finish in its highest position ever uh, in League One as well. So um, it's great for him. Uh, to get the send-off he did today. Enjoy the win, Gaffer. Thank you. Thank you. Power on the clean sheet and a very, very welcome three points for you today. Yeah, 100%. Massive result and uh, it's been a long time coming. I think uh, the desire, the work ethic the lad showed out there today um, to, to, not, to not give in, to dig in. There were some tough parts in the game, especially towards the end. Obviously, it was always going to be there. We're going to come on to us. And um, I think as a team... As a, the, the 11 on the pitch and, and, and the subs who come on, everyone to a man were outstanding. So, massive three points. Credit credit to everyone and buzzing to get the clean sheet. Very similar to the Ipswich game in many ways. Uh, tight first half, you got ahead. We knew they'd come out fighting in the second half, but this time you held firm. No, we did, yeah. Um, end of the day, we're, all these games that are passing us by, we're learning bit by bit. We're still a little bit of a new squad and we're getting to know each other still a little bit. But... Um, no, I think today was a was a was a really good performance. It was a bit of a complete performance. We we got the goal and we showed both sides. I think we we looked we looked dangerous going forward and from set pieces and long throws we looked dangerous and that's what we have got to do this season. We have got to be dangerous from those those kind of situations. And um, now I think um, all over the pitch, everyone was outstanding and it was it was a good day at the office. How nice will it be in the morning if you can see the paper and walking off the bomb? Yeah, no, it's a it's a positive. It's a positive, but um, it's early doors in the season still, and you can't get too fixed on that. Um, but no, it's 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 great news, and hopefully, long may that continue. And we can keep pushing on. Hopefully, this is a, a stepping stone for us. Where we've got the result now against a, a very good Barnsley team, and um, we've got um, we've got full packed fixtures full of um, games coming up. So hopefully, we can kick on now. 
I think we've shown that we are a good enough side. We can compete with the top teams in the league. And I think not just this game, other games where we've been unlucky, I think we've shown in parts that we, we can contend. And now it's just about putting it all together and going out there and, and showing the belief, sticking our chest out and uh, giving them a game. Two big away games coming up, Cheltenham on Tuesday, Wickham next week. Be another test for you, but if you play what you played today, then you've got chances. No, they'll, they'll cause different problems and we'll address them, obviously, Monday. When we come in Monday, we'll address them. And um, now it's uh, amazing, brilliant, looking forward to it. And that's how all the lads are feeling at the moment, do you know what I mean? Getting that win has really gave us a lot of confidence now, and it should do, and we should have a lot of confidence because we're a good team. We're a, we're a young team, but we're a good team. I think, I think you can see that, the fans hopefully can see that, that we're... We're trying things, we're working our socks off and uh, that's, that's, that's the minimum, that's what we're going to give every single game. So hopefully now we can kick on and, um, and keep climbing. Delighted to be joined uh, once again this afternoon by uh, former Morecambe winger, head of academy coaching at the Mazuma Stadium, uh, Neil Wainwright. Neil, thanks for joining us once more. I've got to start with Adam Mayer. Great that he played on Tuesday, another start for him. And he must be absolutely proud as punch that he's got his first senior goal as well. Yeah, it was a, it was a, like a it was a bit of an opportunist strike, wasn't it? And it's uh, it's one of those that I think we talked about it last game, didn't we? About Cole Stockton, about him getting the ball over the line to give him that confidence, and hopefully it be the same for for a young player like Adam. It's great that he's getting minutes. I, I, I suppose the more minutes he gets, the better he's going to be in and around the senior squad. And we spoke to Adam after the game as well, and he was he was delighted not only to score but also that he's actually in, in and around that environment as well. It's going to do him the world of good, isn't it? Yeah, sometimes it's tough, it's tough to work out when uh, Adam is delighted. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he didn't give much away in his expressions, to be fair to him. <laughs> yeah, he's not, he's not the most expressive of kids. But no, again, it's, it's, it's one of those where the more minutes he gets, the more experience he gets within the environment, uh, even, even in tough situations like we're in at the moment, that's, if, if anything, that's going to help him more experience-wise going forward. And it's not just Adam. Adam's the, the, the breakthrough this season, isn't it? But I think as we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, Neil, it's that production line, isn't it? Whether they feed through into the first team here. We spoke about Leif Davis, of course, being a star man for Ipswich Town. Now, obviously, Connor's gone to Sunderland and, and there's other players coming. It's that production line. Every season, you want to get a, you're not going to get everybody through, mm -hmm. but it's, it's all about getting the best ones through. Yeah, it's about trying to get one or two through every season. And uh, again, the better ones will go on elsewhere and, 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 and others will get minutes on the first team pitch and hopefully do well for the first team. So it's that, it's that constant battle of trying to do that and trying to get players through. It's an enjoyable process. Um, but yeah, it's and, and on that note, I'm going to plug our FA Youth Cup game, which is this Wednesday at the Mizuma Stadium. So I think it's uh, it's seven off seven thirty kickoff uh, this Wednesday evening. So we've got Bradford City in, Bradford City in the FA Youth Cup. So that'll be a good one if anyone wants to pop along and, and see any potential uh, young talents of the future. And it's it's great that we're in competitions like the FA Youth Cup, isn't it? Because we can pull some big teams out and depending on how far you go it's, uh, it, it can be quite the occasion sometimes I suppose that's it it's, it's a massive thing for the young players and some of them uh, no doubt on Wednesday um, will be will be uh, struggling to uh, come to terms with the, with the occasion and um, some will really rise to the occasion which is, uh, which is the same for any sort of first team environment so it's the closest to a first team environment that you'll get 
Now you can probably hear the applause here in the, the Mazuma Stadium. That's for uh, Simon Farnworth. It's Farney's final game as head physio of uh, the club uh, this afternoon. He's uh, leaving to spend more time with his family and to concentrate on his private work as well. He's been with the club since 2009, so you will have sat on Farnie's treatment table when you were a player. <laughs> probably more than most. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a, a great stint, 13 years inside the treatment room. Yeah, he came, he came the year at the pre-season, the year after I, I arrived. So yeah, he's been he's been here almost as long as I have. And uh, yeah, he's been class as Farnie. He's, he's one of those really good characters around the football club and you, yeah I think it, it'll be sorely missed in, certainly in terms of a character um, not about physio either but yeah, certainly in terms of a character but as a former goalkeeper they just give him a presentation there I'm just glad he didn't drop it <laughs> I was doing a bit of research on Farney uh, this week I wrote a piece on Beyond Radio website and uh, I didn't realise until this week that he's got quite a quirky unusual football think, record hasn't I think he? I know what it is is he the last goalkeeper not to wear gloves yes. in the game really, is and it? if you go onto YouTube if you, if you YouTube the Freight Rover Trophy final 1986 which is of course is the Papa John's trophy in modern money um, you'll see Farney playing for Bolton Wanderers against Bristol City Bristol City win 3-0 on that day actually but you can clearly see Farney he's got his hair and he's got his, I think he's got a big moustache actually yeah, at that time as yeah, well yeah very dodgy tough, very yeah. typical 80s of course but you can clearly see he's not wearing any gloves and apparently that was the last professional goalkeeper not not to wear gloves in a professional game. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has told me that a couple of times, to be fair, <laughs> on more than one occasion. But no, it's, it's it's an interesting stat, that one, isn't it? Very interesting stat. And of course, we wish uh, Farney all the best. He's just had a, a, a presentation of a, of a painting of the stadium. That can, that can go above his mantelpiece, can't it? But, yeah, uh, absolutely. We wish yeah. Farney all the best. You can find out more about uh, Simon on our website as well. Uh, we did a nice piece on him at beyondradio.co.uk. Uh, it's the Shrimps Verdicts podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. Hello from Dave Salmon. Thank you, as ever, for downloading this episode. They are all available on Apple, Google and Spotify. Simply search for the Shrimps Verdicts. You'll see a picture of myself and Matt Smith from the Shrimps Media team. Uh, and they're also all available on our website, beyondradio.co.uk. You can listen back to uh, previous episodes at your leisure, should you wish to do so. And, of course, available uh, new episodes after every single game in League and Cup, home and away. In a bit, we're going to be talking uh, Cheltenham Town on Tuesday, a preview of that with our special guest, Mark Halliwell. Mark is the BBC Radio Gloucester Cheltenham Town commentator, the ideal man to get the full lowdown on uh, Wade Elliott's men ahead of our trip to uh, Gloucestershire this coming Tuesday night. Uh, But before that, um, I've been chatting to uh, the Morecambe Football Club new head of media and communications. He starts in the role this coming Monday and he's got a double away game uh, in his first week at uh, the club uh, against Cheltenham and then Wickham Wanderers on uh, Saturday. So just a 900 miles round trip uh, to welcome Harry Lyons to the football club, replacing Ryan Daly. Uh, Harry used to be part of the media team at Blackpool and I've been catching up uh, with Harry to find out all about him. So as you might uh, know, Shrimps fans, Ryan Daly, the head of media and communications at Morecambe, left for Pastors New a few weeks ago. He's now part of the media team at Manchester City of all places and we wish Ryan all the best of course. Ryan will be back from time to time during the season as a co-guest commentary on Shrimps Live and I'm sure that's not the last we've seen of him but of course Ryan has been replaced after a, a very long and exhaustive uh, recruitment process and uh, we are delighted that Harry Lyons is joining the club as the brand new head of media and communications and uh, Harry tell us a bit about yourself firstly you are coming from the media team at Blackpool. 
Yeah, thanks for having me, Dave. Uh, yeah, come from the media team at Blackpool. Spent three uh, three years there um, from uh, League One. Uh, obviously, the COVID era, and then uh, we gained promotion the, the day before Morecambe did uh, at Wembley. So, yeah, three really exciting years. We've seen the club grow uh, and expand after the, the sort of previous ownership and everything that happened in there. And we gained the fan base back and, and grown the fan base uh, even larger. So, it's been a really, I think, successful three years that we've had. That weekend over the bank holiday nearly two years ago now it was uh, quite the weekend for Lancashire wasn't it with uh, obviously Morecambe and then Blackpool both going up uh, on the same weekend yeah it was incredible um, that, that, I mean that for me when Blackpool got promoted at Wembley will be a sort of a, a, a shining moment of, of my career um, it was absolutely brilliant you know uh, it was really quite an intense period for all the staff at the football club as I'm sure it was at Morecambe as well you know when you get into the playoffs everything focuses on the semi-finals and the final um, and to for the players to have, to have managed to achieve what they set out to do at the start of the season uh, at Wembley you know the home of sort of English football was a, was a really special day for everyone there's no better feeling than going up through the playoffs I don't think and it was a lovely red hot sunny weekend as well wasn't it which made it all the special so you've had some experience in League One and uh, you've been slumming it in the championship and you're now back to League One so why have you left Blackpool to come to Morecambe? Well, for, for me, for a start, I don't think the division side of things really matters. Um, but uh, definitely, I've, I've come here, you know, I've, like I said, spent three years at Blackpool in part of the media team, and I wanted to, to sort of chance my arm, if you like, as a number one. Um, learned from, uh, I've got a great manager at Blackpool, learned from him uh, a lot of things, um, and I feel like I'm ready now to take that step up as a number one. Obviously, working with uh, Matt Smith here as well, who's been here for a good number of years. Really, really, uh, I've heard nothing but good things about him. Um, spoken to him a few times and really looking forward to working with him and everyone here at Morecambe now. And Stuart Hudson at Blackpool, you refer to those, but he's been there older than yeah. time. He knows everything there is to know about football media inside and out. So you've got a good grounding, I suppose, in that respect. And I suppose from a fan's point of view, they hope that you're going to carry on the good work that Ryan and Matt have done over the last season in a bit. So tell us a bit, if you can, Harry, about some of your ideas and your philosophy of how football media should work. Yeah, well, I'd like to touch on there, Dave. I think Ryan was in post for just over a year uh, and took the, the media uh, and comms along with Matt uh, at the football club to another level. And it's my job now to try and uh, escalate that even further if we can. Uh, like I say, working with, uh, with Matt, who uh, I know is, is uh, very good at his job and, and knows what he's talking about. So, yeah, just in case of... Uh, Ground, setting myself first and, and seeing how the land lies um, but definitely just trying to expand the media coverage even more try and get uh, local broadcasters such as yourselves you know even more involved with the club if we can just get sort of uh, more coverage elsewhere the, the, the club side of things is obviously really important social media everything like that but I, I, I made it clear to, to Ben uh, in my uh, in my interview process that I feel like one of the things that hopefully I can bring to, to Morecambe is try and um, improve the coverage elsewhere outside the club to, to sort of give another voice of Morecambe Football Club which is what I'll hopefully try and do while I'm in post now, it seems to me as if the modern way with football fans is they want tomorrow's news yesterday. Yeah. Give us a bit of a flavour of, of how you how, how you translate that into the coverage that the club put out. It's tough, like you say. I mean, social media is just taking it on to, to a whole new level, obviously. Um, people want news straight away, don't they? And I think social media plays a major, major part in that. It's up to us to look at social media channels where we can improve whether that's with video content whether that's with better images whether that's with better graphics we want to try and engage with supporters as much as we can and give them the news that they want um, of course everything that we do dic uh, is dictated by what happens on the pitch um, but definitely you know I, I feel like the good work that's already started I can hopefully take to the next level when I'm here
and of course Matt Rushton used to be at Morecambe. You'll have worked with Matt at Bloomfield Road over the last couple of years as well. He's, he's arguably the best in the business when it comes to video content creation. So high standards in that regard, I suppose. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I worked with Matt for 18 months at Blackpool. I know he was here at Morecambe for nigh on 10 years and um, really, really well respected. He's an absolutely fantastic guy. Get on with Matt so, so well. And his video content for me is the best in, in, the, in the football league, in, in the Premier League. I really do believe that. He's a one-man band, but some of the work that he puts out, I think teams of five and six can't do. He, he's fantastic what he does, really unique. And from a content creation point of view, I'd like to think I've learned a little bit from him over the past 18 months. And hopefully I can bring uh, elements of that here to Morecambe. So we're looking forward to the glamour side of it as well, Harry, I suppose getting back from Cheltenham next week you'll have been in the job a day when we go to Cheltenham next Tuesday we'll get back about what half two in the morning back in the office on Wednesday morning at 9am doing coffee and writing stuff at motorway service stations 10 o'clock on a Saturday night it's all glamour isn't it <laughs> it's all glamour listen we love it don't we if you didn't love doing what you did yeah. in this then you know you'd be in the wrong job um it's crazy when you when you picture it like that. Of course it is, but uh, I absolutely love it. Live off it. I think my uh, my girlfriend sometimes shouts at me because I probably am a little bit too committed at times, and I do love it too much. But like I say, you know, hopefully that can come across in the work that we produce uh, while I'm posted at Morfin. I think as we've alluded to, final question, Harry. This is it, it's the fans want content, 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 mm. content. It, it almost becomes if you're not careful an all-consuming. 24-7 role but you've got to be I suppose stay focused we had a phrase in the media team at Blackpool where content is king and that really is the key and Matt Rushton there is a big part of that making sure that fans are engaged as possible with, with the football club and uh, yeah it's, it's crucial really and hopefully uh, at Morecambe over the course of the next few months supporters will start to see uh, us build on the great work that's already been produced we're looking forward to working together, Harry, over the next uh, weeks and months and uh, hopefully carrying on the great work that uh, Ryan and Matt have done over the uh, last season and a bit really excited about what's, what's ahead. Thanks, Dave. Really looking forward to it. Cheers. Now on Tuesday, we head to the Completely Suzuki Stadium. It used to be the Johnny Rocks. It's the Completely Suzuki this season uh, for a, a massive game for both clubs at the wrong end of the League One table. Cheltenham Town against Morecambe. Ahead of the game, I've been chatting to the Cheltenham Town BBC Radio Gloucester commentator, Mark Halliwell, the ideal man then, to get the full lowdown on uh, Wade Elliott's men ahead of our trip there this coming Tuesday. So, Mark, thanks for jumping on our podcast again. Always a pleasure uh, to speak to you. Um, lots has happened, hasn't it, since we last spoke for both yes. sides. And both Cheltenham and Morecambe are, are very different animals to when we last played each other. We are, aren't we? Yes. Uh, not only a league up and, uh, yeah, it's all changed. It's all changed a lot and uh, maybe not all for the better. But, uh, it's all changed for, for a lot. But uh, looking at the results, it looks like we're both in for a... Uh, for a bit of a bum fight, doesn't it, this season? I mean, League, league One for me is definitely a... It's almost a league of three lots of eight. Yes. I feel. I feel. Yeah. And if you look at the table now, you can see that it's starting to sort of work itself out after 12, 13, 14 games. And you can see now which teams are going to be in the top, which teams are going to be sat in the middle, and which teams are going to be looking over the shoulders. And I'm afraid as it seems at the moment, our two sides are going to be in the latter little section. So uh, it could be, a, could be a, a big winter coming up for our teams. It could be, couldn't it? Let's rewind a little bit 
if we may. I think when we spoke last time and, and, and just in, in football in general, it was inevitable, I suppose, that eventually Michael Duff was going to leave for a yeah. bigger club. And oh, yeah. he finally took that offer uh, of Barnsley, who were, were playing on Saturday, actually, as it goes. But I'll, I'll find out how that pans out. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, people listening to this, we will have already played Barnsley, but uh, hopefully we've uh, secured our first home league win of the season. But were you sad, if not a little unsurprised to see him finally leave at the time that he did? It was inevitable. And I think when, I mean, last season we we achieved our highest ever uh, position in the football pyramid, 15th in League One, never finished higher than that before. And I think Michael thought, that's it. I think he thought, I've hit the glass ceiling. I don't think I can go any further. Uh my stock is at the highest it's going to be managerially. And if I'm going to make the move, then I'm going to have to make the move now. Um, there was talk about Blackpool. Um, I, I'm told he did speak to Blackpool, uh, but they went for Michael Appleton, obviously. And that would have been a move up into the championship. Uh, so another big, uh, a bigger jump than the one he's actually made uh, to go to Barnsley. And there were a few Chandler fans thinking, Barnsley, really? But if you look at it, you look at the stadium, you look at the budget they've got, they're in, where are they now? As I look at it now, before we talk, before your game with them, they're in sixth place in the table. So, you know, they've only lost four games. He's made a a decent start. And, you know, it, it is a step up. And so I don't think most um, reasonable Cheltenham fans will won't have a problem with it. They they won't. They they'll have said, "Okay, Michael, thanks very much for what you've done, Cheerio." Yeah. But there are some think Barnsley. Mm, I think he could have done better than that. But you know, it is what it is. And we knew that he was going to go, and they went for the continuity candidate really with Wade Elliott, uh, former first team coach. And, uh, and, then, and here we are, as we sit now, Cheltenham fifth from bottom of the table with uh, 14 points. Does that vindicate his decision to go then, Mark? Or, or was there more to come? Or, or had he reached what he could I think, reach? I, I think he had reached the glass ceiling. I don't think he could. I think he he was talking, the way he was talking at the end of last season, it was, oh, next season's going to be even harder. You know, it's going to be tough. League One's getting harder and harder every season. And the way he was talking was almost to prepare the fans for not as good a season as we had last season, if you know what I mean. He was sort of laying the groundwork, thinking, right, OK, uh-oh. And uh, he'd lost. we lost a couple of, of big players. We lost Will Boyle, the captain. He went to Huddersfield. And so and it was... It was a it, it was a bit of a summer of change, really. It was a lot of changes off the field. Not only Wade, quite a lot of staff, sort of behind the scenes, uh, a few of the academy staff and the analyst, the, the the club's analyst, and a few other people also went to went to bigger clubs. So, all in all, I think it was a, a bigger summer of change than than a lot of people had envisaged. A lot more players came in than we than we thought. Michael was very much of the continuity angle. He he didn't like to. He wasn't one of these people who was going to let twelve go and bring twelve in, like some clubs uh, tend to do every summer. He wasn't in for a high turnover, but we did have a higher turnover than we thought 
And if we're being absolutely honest, the squad is now not as good as it was last season. It's definitely not as good, in my view, as the one that won League Two. It's nowhere near, in my view, as good as that. And Wade has a tough job. He really does. He has a tough job on to uh, to keep the team in the division, in my view. Is that just budgets? Obviously, you know, you, you talk, you use the phrase punching above our weight, with mm. two sides playing in League One, and of course there are some huge teams in this division. Is it down to budgets? Is it down to poor recruitment or good players not playing as well as they can? What, what What's happened this season? You can look at all three. I think you can look at all three. You can look at poor... I don't think the recruitment's been great. Um, the budget is, again, it's it's. we're told it's the highest budget the club's ever had. But in relation to some of the budgets in <laughs> League One, it's still not going to be very big. Yeah. Um, we were told that Cheltenham are the second was second bottom of the budgets last season. And I wouldn't think they were much higher than that again this season, even though the budget has been increased. Um, but I'm not convinced that the budget's been spent as well as it could have been. There are some players in there who, um, for example, there's a couple of players, for example, who were given new contracts in the summer and have barely played. So they were given new contracts. Michael Duff left. Wade Elliott's come in. He's obviously looked at them. And his opinion is obviously different on them is obviously different to the one that Michael Duff was. So you've had players who've 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 been given new contracts, and then we've barely seen them one in fact a couple of them are now out on loan. So it's it's a difficult one. When you're I think when you're at a when you're a club like Cheltenham, and probably a club like Morecambe as well, you can't afford to waste what budget you've got. You have to use it wisely. And Michael Duff, again, I'll come back to Michael Duff again. In a fans forum last year, he said recruitment is 80% of the job. You get your recruitment right and you're practically there. You get your recruitment wrong and you're in trouble. And I'm not convinced that children this summer got their recruitment right. And, you know, it'll all come out in the wash. Seems to me, Mark, as if the clubs do mirror each other in, in, in that regard because our manager, Derek Adams has said on a number of occasions and it's been borne out in who he's selected for the lead games as well that the previous manager Stephen Robinson bought lots of players in on two-year deals he then left in February and it's clear that Derek Adams doesn't fancy the same plays that Stephen Robinson did so he's kind of stuck with them for another season and the wages that that they've got to be paid as well and and, and a couple literally haven't kicked a ball in the league and we're yeah. sort of stuck with, I mean, whether they're good, good enough players or not is, is, is obviously a matter of individual opinion. But in terms of the budget, it does swallow up money. And if you haven't does, got much of a does. budget, then then it, it kind of ties your hands a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And, that, and that's, I think, the problem that Wade Elliott's got. I think there are, there are probably five or six players at the club. There's a squad of 28 at the moment. So... There's probably five or six players at the club who Wade Elliott, if he had his choice, they wouldn't be here. And then you take the wages of those five or six and you think, okay, I could probably get a couple in who would make a difference. And, I mean, they're hamstrung at the moment. Injuries have got Alfie Mays out injured at the moment. Uh, He's the main man up front. He's the main, he's the striker. He's broken the club's uh, Football League goal-scoring record. He's out at the moment. We're probably not going to see him this side of Christmas. So, 
and that really has that hasn't helped either. Uh, results have been up and down. It's been one of those seasons where you think, oh yeah, we're taking a real step forward with one with one or two results, and then a massive step back again with the next result. For example, uh, it's borne out in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, two good home wins beat Shrewsbury and Bolton. The Bolton win was brilliant. Go to Sheffield Wednesday. Okay, you're not going to win at Sheffield Wednesday, so that's it. And then Saturday's utter shambles against Bristol Rovers. Uh, I mean, oh, dear me, it's good job we've got no hair and good job <laughs> watching those goals. But I watched the goals back and I thought, blimey, they were even worse on the video than they were actually witnessing them live. So, uh, and that's the problem. Wade. That really did take a massive step back, and that's that's really hit the fans' confidence in Wade. That result on Saturday. Yeah, when you're four 0 down at half time, it's it's not a great place to be. Whether you're a fan, a member of the press, a player, a manager, it, it's absolutely awful, isn't it? And he didn't he didn't make any substitutions until the 80th minute. A lot of the fans have said, "What's he doing?" and and you know, and he came out afterwards, and somebody said, "Oh, did you? Have, what did you say to the players?" And he didn't. He didn't come out and say, "Oh, I had a real go at them," and all this, which is what the fans want to hear. They want to hear that the, the players have been told off. And that but that's looking at it from a fan's point of view. That's not looking at it from a manager's point of view. A manager can't go in and rant and rave at his players because he might lose them. And at this situation, the situation the club's in, you don't want to lose your players. And so it's a very, very difficult situation. And the fact that he didn't make any subs until 80 minutes, to me, says that he doesn't trust what's on his bench. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there you are. And, and it comes, and that again, we go back full circle to, to, the, to the recruitment question. So, you know, it's, it's very, very difficult. And he's got a very big job on. Let's drill down into the team then, uh, if we can, Mark. How different or, or tell us everything we need to know about a Wade Elliott Cheltenham Town side this season. Uh, yeah, he's trying to play. I mean, you know, it, it's quite similar. You've got the three, you know, still playing the three and the wing backs, and you know the the two in midfield, and then the the one and the two up front. He's still playing that sort of system. Um, he's trying to get them to play a bit more. Football through the thirds. Uh, in some ways, it's working. In some ways, it's not. Um, he's he's there isn't there isn't very much he's changed. I mean, the personnel have obviously changed quite a bit because you know there's a couple of players he's he's bought in. I mean, I'm gonna I'll mention one, Caleb Taylor, who's a young man on loan from West Brom, uh, playing in the middle of the back three. Well, remember his name, Dave. Write it down if necessary. Even Go to a bookies and say this kid will play for England one day. You know he's he's such he's a Rolls Royce of a footballer. He really is. There's loads of West Brom fans going. Why did we load him out? He should be in our team. And yeah. you look at it there. I mean, oh, West Brom aren't doing very well at the moment. But you look at it, and you know he's learning his trade here at, at, at Cheltenham, playing in the middle of a back three in a League One in a League One bun fight, and he. he he stands out, but I mean, he didn't have his best game last week, but then he wasn't alone in that. And he, um, but he stands out every single time. And he's he's come up against decent forwards. You know, look at some of the forwards in League One who he's had mm. to play against, and quite often you'll think, yeah, he's done well there, and he, he he'll have he he did well the other week against Michael Smith at Sheffield Wednesday. He's done well against Dion Charles. He's done well against 
Ryan Bowman for Shrewsbury. He's done well against you know these these people. In the, he's and he's come out of he's come out of it on top. It'd be interesting to see mm. in the game against yourselves how he does against Cole Stockton. Mm. Uh, uh, that'll be another test another test for him. And he's done he's done very very well indeed. And Dan and Lundaloo up front has come back on loan from Southampton again, and he's got to be the main man now that Alfie May's out for a while. And uh, another big. And, the signing of Ryan Broom come back from Peterborough is yeah, a big one signing. again. Mm. You know, Ryan, he's he's he hasn't played a lot of football, but he's coming into it and he's gradually getting his finding his feet. And uh, I think as time goes on, he'll become a much more uh, he'll become a key player in the, in the in the months ahead. I think for us, and uh, he's he, he's done he's done quite well. So, not really a great deal of change system wise from Michael to Wade because of course they 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 work together and. Uh, you know, and and he's he's trying to sort of again continuity is what he's trying to do. So you look at Morecambe then, Mark, bottom of the table, mm. just the one win in the league as we record this. Hopefully, it's two by the time we play you. It, it's even if it is two, it's still not a great uh, return to the no. season. Uh, what what have you made of Morecambe's start to the season? Again, I think it's just been it's been very very difficult, hasn't it? And because because of what you're up against, really, it has surprised me a bit. I did. I didn't expect you to be uh, right down there where you are, and um, it's a. I mean, for Cheltenham, this is this is in the middle. This game coming in the middle comes in the middle of three absolutely massive games. Our next three games: Saturday we go to Burton, Tuesday we play you, following Saturday we play Milton Keynes. So we're playing the bottom three as it stands in the table. One, two, three. You could be eighth, or you could be twenty third at the end of it. So. <laughs> And then we play Alf Church in the FA Cup on, <laughs> on the weekend of uh, of November the fifth. So there's four games there, and fans, our our supporters are looking at those four games and saying, "There's our season right there. Mm. There is our season right there." Because you lose those three games, you're going to be in the bottom four, struggling. You go out of the FA Cup. There's your January budget money gone. So, and. It's, I don't think it's too melodramatic to say it's key for Wade Elliott. It really is. If he doesn't get decent results in these next four games, the fans are going to be the fans are going to be on him. I'm afraid some of them are already after Saturday's result, and they're going to be on him again because uh, it, it's a very key it's a key game. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a bit surprised. I mean, I'm looking at the goals for Dave. Only ten, and that to me seems to be the biggest problem for Morecambe. Especially, uh, do you, I'm going to ask you a question? Has the has all of the speculation around Cole Stockton in the summer has that affected him? Has he has he has he not been the same player since no. all that happened? Because no. to me, as an outsider, that's the way it looks. It was quite the saga, Mark. To be honest, um, everybody, every Morecambe fan listening to this now will know exactly what's gone on over the last month or two, but. The, the bottom line was that the club would have would have let him go. They would have sold him for the right price. £600,000 was banded around, well, wasn't it? Well, I think that was perhaps a little bit on the high side, a little bit optimistic. Mm. Perhaps mm. everybody's got their own individual valuation of Cole. And, of course, 26 goals last season. Alfie May scored 26 as well, didn't he? So, Indeed. You know, put Indeed. Them in the, they're the same age, put them in the same the rumor, bracket. So. The rumor was, and the rumour was that, that five hundred thousand pound would have got would have got Alfie. So you can say you can say that. Mm, absolutely. But, 
but there wasn't quite as much noise around Alfie this year, this summer, as there was about around Cole. Well, the, the problem that we had yeah. was obviously Cole wanted to go because mm. of his age, I suppose. If he's going yeah. to move for more money and a, and a, and a, and a signing on fee, sure. I think he's just got engaged yeah. as well. So it's a now or never kind of move, isn't it, yeah. for him? And yeah. and. I, there's no doubt that the club would have sold him if the price was if right. Price, but if you've yeah, got yeah. clubs coming in, I think Fleet would definitely put a bid in. There were rumours yeah, yeah. that Port Vale did as well, and, and maybe there was other interest. But if you're going to bid a hundred thousand pounds or 130 grand for a player you value at half a million pounds plus, get him. you're not yeah. going to get him. I mean, that fair fair play to the teams for putting a cheeky offer in and testing the water, and, absolutely. And but then they didn't they that. didn't come back with a bet with a better offer. And also fair play to Morecambe for not being bullied. You know, Absolutely. It would, have been easy to, it would have been easy for eyes to light up. And think, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, but, you know, Cole Stockton's not- far more important to Morecambe than 150 grand. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the, so, problem, so, the, problem you've got, though, the problem you've got, though, Mark, is that then, of course, his head was turned, and, and quite rightly so as well. Because if, happy player, yeah, yeah, exactly. If, if, a, if a club comes in and, and, and says, right, we're going to pay you significantly more weekly wage than what you're on now, we're going to give you a signing-on fee, you're going to be the star of the show, da-da-da. Mm. It's, it's very, from a mental point of view, it's very, very hard to yeah. not be interested in that as, mm-hmm. a, as a human right. being, regardless of what the profession is, whether it's football or whatever the job is, if well, somebody comes in job, and offers it? you more it's money, job, you're going to be it? interested. You it's are. any job, isn't it? You, you look at that and you think, well, why, like with Michael Duff, well, why does Michael Duff want to go to Barnsley? Uh, because they're going to offer him more money. Absolutely. Because there's, better, because there's probably better prospects there. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to, he's got more chance of being successful and he's got more of a chance of furthering his career. So that's the way... Yeah, and, and anybody would do it. You know, I would, I would do it if if my job came along, and uh, you know, if some, if another person came along and, and said, "They go, we're going to double your money, or we're going to do that." You, you, nobody in the world would would, would not would not do that. So, either. but the trouble is now, of course, the way the way it looks from the outside is that that's affecting Morecambe and, and affecting their form. This season, and uh, yeah, you need well, to. That, that's the way it looks to me. Anyway. He hasn't scored in eleven appearances so far this season. Um, I don't Tuesday. <laughs> well, hopefully he's got. Hopefully he gets a hat trick on Saturday against Barnsley, and all, all will be forgiven. He's mm. not looked Typical overly email. likely to score either. That's that's. The, it's not as if he's hit the ground running and just been unlucky. I think in the last few games, to be fair to Cole, and he has had a couple of knocks and he was ill for a couple of weeks as well. So it hasn't been plain sailing physically as well as mentally, as well as the transfer saga. But the bottom line is he's got to start playing and scoring goals. So people will come back in for him in January if he wants to make the move when when, when the window opens. I think in fairness, in the last few weeks, he has started to come back into the four though. So uh, Hopefully, he can start to hit the ground running, and uh, well, I hope so. the next week yeah, or two so. might might be fruitful. As I've said to you before, I um, you know I have a lot of I like Morecambe. It's a club that I like a lot, and uh, I want them to because uh, like like Cheltenham, they're you know cocking the sloop at the uh, at the big clubs, you know, and saying yeah, you know we're here. You know, I know you think we shouldn't be, but we are. That sort of thing, and. I'm all, I'm all for that sort of thing, and uh, so you know, I, I, I love going to Morecambe, and I, I hope that we're in the same division again next season. And I hope it's League One, but uh, 
I also hope we beat you on Tuesday because we need a point. Well, that's going to be my final question, Mark, actually, was uh, let's have a couple of predictions. Firstly, Tuesday, of course, huge game for both sides mm. and mm. early days, of course, as well. But 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 can both Morecambe and Cheltenham be facing each other in League One next season? I'll start with I'll start with Tuesday's game. Cheltenham have got to win. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dave. I need to do this to you. Um, if Derek Quinn, if you're listening, I'm sorry, Quinny. <laughs> 2 um, nil to Cheltenham. Can we both stay in League One? Oof. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> that's the noise in the face I pull as well. Oh, that's such a hard question. That is such a hard question. Um, I think it's going to be very, very difficult. I yeah. really do. I really think it's going to be extremely difficult. And, you know, I'm looking around. I think there's a lot of... T- you look at how tight it is. I mean, Cheltenham have won 14 points at the moment and go all the way up to Barnsley, who are sixth, and there's a seven-point difference. So that tells me that there's a lot of clubs in League One who are much of a muchness. It's all, it's all this anybody can beat anybody sort of scenario. I mean, we beat Bolton, we beat Shrewsbury, you know, we won at Exeter somehow, we got a draw at Fleetwood and then we lose at home 4-1 to Bristol Rovers. So that tells you everything you need to know about where we are and I just think it's going to be very, very difficult for both clubs at the moment and I think in the end, you look at it because both clubs are down the bottom in the budgets and in the end, the firefighting isn't gonna isn't gonna work in the end. It's will be it, proactive in some way. It, it, it's it's inevitable that event as it was inevitable but a few years back that Cheltenham would eventually get relegated out of the football league and they did happily they came back. I think it is inevitable that that I'm afraid that both clubs will eventually fall through the trap door and uh, it could well be this season, but I don't want it to be because I want both clubs to stay up and continue you know, giving it to these so-called bigger clubs who think that they, you know, giving it to these cocky supporters who think <laughs> they could be in the, in the Premier League just because they were 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Uh, always great to chat. Um, and keep on, obviously, fighting the good fight for Cheltenham and uh, the great commentaries on BBC at Gloucester as well. Um, I wouldn't encourage anybody to switch over to you from me, of course, but, uh, you know, you, you, the option is there, isn't it, I guess? So. <laughs> it is indeed. It is indeed. But, uh, no, of course not. Uh, I wouldn't... Uh, no. you, you do a fine job and one uh, way you continue. And let's hope, as you say, let's hope both clubs are in League One. I'm very much looking forward to my Tuesday night trip to the... Uh, I still call it the Globe, I'm sorry. <laughs> my, Tuesday night, my Tuesday night trip to the Globe because I love going there and it's one of my favourite places to go. Well, we always get uh, a warm welcome at Cheltenham as well, so looking forward to it on Tuesday. Looking forward to seeing you again, Mark. Thanks yeah, very much for your time. And no uh, we'll, uh, we will, of course, uh, talk next time. Thanks very much indeed. No problem, Dave. Thank you to BBC Gloucester commentator Mark Halliwell for a great preview of our game at this coming Tuesday. And we'll all be live with the whole game on Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio from 7.30 on FM and DAB Plus Digital Radio. And also, of course, you can listen or watch via I Follow Shrimps as well. Thanks for your company and your downloads of this episode of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. And we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>
Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.